Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to the show. This is your girl, the literary diva of Blog Talk Radio. And welcome into another very interesting show with a very interesting guest. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, but I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about herself too. <laughs> I'm really excited because um, when I got her books, I was just like, oh wow, another mystery novel, but they're more than that. So. But before we get started, I just want to say shout out to all of our live listeners. As you can see, I'm really excited. (laughs) Shout out to all of our live listeners, as well as to all of you who will be playing back this broadcast. We certainly do appreciate you guys for listening in however you can, whenever you can, on whatever device you're working with these days. And thank you guys for your continued support for our program as we have been around for a good amount of time, since 2008, and we are still here and we love what we do. So thank you guys so much. As always, we want to encourage you guys and motivate you guys to definitely pick up a book, drop by Amazon.com or wherever books are sold online or even in your community. You got those thrift stores. They have some of the best books out there. Some of them, are, some of them are like a dollar, two bucks. Some of them are sometimes free. So it all depends. You know, hit up, hit up your normal ones, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, stuff like that. So, you know, we're always trying to motivate you guys to keep that reading list filled because at the end of the day, reading is the most important thing that you can do for yourself at any point in your life. It doesn't, I mean, honestly, folks, it doesn't matter where you are in your life. Reading is so important. It's the door to opportunity. It's the door to expand upon your imagination, especially with your kids. Don't forget to get them books as well. You know, it's just the door to just being able to just find information, to just know information. As they say, knowledge is key. So definitely, 
continue to read as much as you can, when you can. I know a lot of you are working parents, working people, and we just want to just keep that motivation out there because more than anything, it's really important. There's the illiteracy rates are very high, and um, we just think it's important for everybody to be able to read. So if you know someone who is struggling, tap them on the shoulder, um, make sure there's compassion there, people. I just want to tell you that first, but, you know, point them in the right direction with getting help. You know, there's plenty of programs out there that you can um, recommend as far as in um you know, um, uh, helping people to get on the right track with reading or just, you know, encouraging them to, um, you know, read, to just read more so that their communication can be better and things just like that. So, but of course, more than anything, make sure that your kids read nightly. I don't care if it is the summertime, folks, 30 minutes a night will go a long way. Trust me. <laughs> My mom did it for me. Yeah. Today's show is all about Miss Kelly Oliver. Yes, who's a professor at Vanderbilt University. Um, Kelly teaches philosophy, and she's been a stranger to writing and publishing. You know, she's already 13 books in, 100 articles, and 10 anthologies in. And of course, today's book, book, yes, I said book, that we're going to say would, are going to be books. And coyote, but before we get into those books, I just want to bring her on and have her um, talk with you guys. So, without further ado, let's welcome Miss Kelly Oliver. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Hi, Sahara. I'm doing well. It's great to be here. Good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Good to have you here. I have to say, when I was reading about you, I was like, wow, she's done so much. I cannot wait to get her on to pick her brain, but <laughs> I'm just a little, I'm just so excited. Don't mind me, but before we get into your um, book, could you tell our listening audience a little bit more about you? Sure, yeah. I grew up in the northwest, uh, in the mountains. In fact, that's where I am now. My grandfather was a logger and my father too was a logger for a long time and uh my my maternal grandfather was a forest ranger my mom was a housewife and um so i kind of grew up around the woods and then i uh was one of the first people in my family to go to college and really got into the idea of philosophy, even though I didn't know what it was. So I, I really liked school, and I liked thinking, and I thought, well, that must be what philosophy is. So I went to college, luckily, on fellowships, and uh, I I studied philosophy and, and became a philosophy professor. But I'd always wanted to do more creative writing, and so just a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, I finally got the courage to, to try to write a novel. And so my first novel, Wolf, uh, just came out this summer, and my second novel, Coyote, will be out in August. So I'm really excited about that and this new kind of wow. this new venture. Yeah, what really drove you to really want to teach philosophy, though? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I. It's funny because I was, you know, I was in when I was in high school, 
and talking to like guidance counselors and stuff, and they were talking about going to college, and I, I did want to keep going to school because I like school, but they're saying, well, you know, you should study something that you really enjoy and that you're passionate about, and trying to think about what I would study when I was in college. I was like, hmm, well, there was nothing. <laughs> there were no subjects I was really passionate about, you know, thinking about math, English, and I'm like, well, not really. And so I, at the time, I had a biology teacher who was taking these philosophy night classes, and I would talk to him, and he said they were asking questions like, is this chair real, and do other minds truly exist, and stuff like that, and I thought that sounded really interesting and cool and strange, and so I, before I even got to college, I decided, yeah, I want to study philosophy, but I didn't know what it was. I had no idea, really, what it was. I thought it, it must be thinking, and since I liked, I guess that's what I I was already kind of a philosopher in a way. You know, I was like, well, what do I like about school? Yeah. I like just thinking about things. And so, uh, yeah, I studied philosophy. Actually, my parents wanted me to to go to law school and study accounting and, you know, do a profession where I actually could support myself. Um, but I, <laughs> I tried, and I really I found accounting too boring, and I, I just couldn't do it. So... Luckily, I've been able to support myself as a philosophy professor. That's awesome because you don't really, I mean, even the professors that are teaching, you don't really find that they really enjoy it, but you seem like you really enjoy teaching it. Oh, yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, that's when I was, I was, when I was a kid, you know, before I even heard the word philosophy or anything, I wanted to be a teacher and I used to, I have younger siblings, so, you know, we'd play and I'd be the teacher, um, giving them their gold stars. <laughs> so I wanted to be a teacher or a detective. I'd, like, wander around the playground spying, pretending to spy on other kids. And so with this recent novel writing, I've kind of gotten to to be, I, I guess I've gotten to be a teacher and, and now the Detective, I guess philosophy too for me is kind of like being a detective, but you're trying to figure out things like the meaning of life. You know, you're looking for clues and trying to figure out what all this means and what's the right thing to do and stuff like that. What What was the inspiration behind your two novels? Because um, they're mystery novels, which I really love to read. But what was your um, true inspiration behind creating them and creating Jessica? <laughs> uh, I guess in a lot of ways, Jessica is based on my own experience. Uh, Jessica is a philosophy graduate student. She's from Montana. She's a former cowgirl. But when I started writing, I realized I could create this world where Jessica could do all kinds of things that I you know, can't do, that... Um, she, she's kind of clumsy and but witty and and kind of has a smart mouth that sometimes gets her in trouble. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I wanted to create. I guess in general, with both of the novels and with the series, uh, I wanted to create novels that had really strong female characters and not just mm-hmm. one heroine where we had one strong woman character but a group of of friends and women characters that had each other's back and would support each other and would, 
you know, fight the bad guys together. So in Wolf, you've got this trio of friends. You've got Jessica and then her best friend, Lolita Duchenko, who's a real kick-ass. She's a beautiful Russian woman known as the poker czarina because she runs this high-stakes illegal poker game in Chicago, but also a black belt in karate, so you don't want to mess with her. And wow. then kind of a, <laughs> a flaky, spacey sort of character, Amber Bush, who is dropping rescue remedy and herbal potions all the time, kind of a hippie who turns out to have special skills. I don't want to spoil the novel, but it turns out not to be quite yeah. as spacey as she seems in the beginning. And together, the three of them uh, take on the murderers, the mafia, art scams, and uh, fraternity, potential fraternity rapists. So that was another thing I guess that was important to me, just related to my nonfiction work. A lot of my nonfiction work deals with women's issues and media, and uh, so I wanted to deal with some of those issues in the fiction too. But in a, you know, I want to make the books entertaining, page turners, funny, yeah. uh, and a mystery, suspenseful. But I also wanted them to touch on important social issues, but not in a heavy-handed kind of way. Uh, like, for example, in Wolf, one of the subplots has to do with rape on campus, which is a huge issue now, you know, in as, as a professor, you know, I've see this in the news all the time. And then in Coyote, I deal with the issue of human traffic, human trafficking and prostitution that came along with the fracking and oil boom and especially affected uh, Native Americans in the Indian reservations in, in Montana and North Dakota, which is where the big back and oil fields are. And the the, the problems with drugs and prostitution and and human trafficking of these young girls, these young Indian girls has skyrocketed. Yeah. So I, I did a lot of research and was really amazed by what I found. So I wanted to, you know, write a novel that was entertaining but also kind of touched on some of these really serious issues. Absolutely. And when you think about a lot of these issues and when you're reading it, you know, it takes your mind back to some of the things that are happening right now in our media or in society. And yeah. it's nice to have a book that can kind of remind us of what's going on, but still keep us in a story that we enjoy. So that is really good. Yeah, that was my goal was to make it enjoyable and fun to read, but also bring up, you know, important social issues that maybe sometimes people don't think about or don't see how they affect people's lives. And and hopefully I've created in these worlds, you know, so you can see some of the effects. But also, you know, I want it to be fun and the good guys triumph and the girls kick the bad guys' asses. And so, you know, the... It's a kind of, I guess you could say, feminist revenge on the, you know, the harassers and the rapists and the human traffickers. So I think that's a lot of fun too. Absolutely, absolutely. 
um, talk to us about um, some of the events that happen in Wolf without giving a lot of it out or, you know, without <laughs> giving it away. <laughs> you know, yeah. because you mentioned the Russian um, mafia and things like that. And uh, and to some people, they love reading about, you know, the mafia and some things, you know, and what goes on. Um, what kind of uh, research did you really have to do to really bring that into your story? Yeah, uh, I did quite a lot of research, actually. I did a lot of research uh, at, I guess, it, I don't remember exactly the date, but not too long before I was riding Wolf, there was a big FBI bust of a whole mafia ring uh, that involved, in fact, uh, all kinds of art, a huge like art collector, and someone that I kind of modeled the poker zarina on, illegal poker games and money laundering. And I think they 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 did the FBI had kind of a sting operation, and they caught maybe 60 or 80 of these people. Anyway, it was huge. And so I was reading about that, and that was a lot of the inspiration because the connection to art and in the in the novel Wolf, the mm-hmm. art is another one of the the subplots that I think is kind of fun that Dmitry Duchenko is now a janitor at the university trying to live a normal low key life, but he's on the lam. He escaped Russia twenty years ago with part of his father's fortune that his mafia boss father's fortune uh who uh including a couple of really important russian artworks a kandinsky painting and a natalia goncharova painting uh and when those his fortune and and those paintings go missing uh he ends up having to team he ends up teaming up i guess with with jessica and the gang to try to catch the the thieves uh, and the, there's an interlinking plot between the drugs on campus that are being brought by the okay. Russian mafia and the art uh, scam. Uh, so I did a lot of research on on the Russian mafia and then also on, on Russian and I, I actually had a native Russian speaker read through and make sure that you know, sometimes the characters use Russian terms, so I wanted to make sure that those were were correct and accurate. So I I did quite a lot of research, and it was fun. Even I did research some of the characters, one of the characters in particular, who I think is kind of a funny character, Vanya Ivanovich, uh, who is this kind of wiry thug, chain-smoking, but actually has a soft spot for dogs and his grandma and uh, turns out to be kind of a nice guy and a funny character. He's got a lot of tattoos. And so I even did research on what tattoos, the meaning of different tattoos for different branches of the Russian mafia and that kind of stuff. So it was fun, actually, you know, researching tattoos. Um <laughs> It it just it just brings about you know, um, just really just brings you into the story because even though um, you know it's fiction, 
um, you can almost gather that, wow, this really happened. Wow, I know, a, you know, um, something that has happened like that for real. So it really just yeah. brings you in and it just keeps you really interested in the story. I'm, I want to talk about Jessica because um, she seems like she's just, you know, um, at times she's, you know, her, she's just really focused. What has been the feedback um, about her character? And if she, if she models this, you know, are there pieces taken from, taken from your life or taken from, you know, another person's life? Or if she just, um, uh, just to build the story on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as I said, some of it is taken from my experience, but also just imagining this girl who grew up in the Northwest in Montana, very gritty, very determined in a, you know, a boy's world. She was riding horses. She was a rodeo rider, again, very dominated by boys and men, but she was determined so this girl who has grit and determination uh, and is a little bit naive, too, so it, it's actually her naivete that sometimes gets her through these situations. So she kind of falls into these situations. I mean, it's a, you yeah. know, she's an amateur detective, as it turns out. When it's, that's the kind of genre. Uh, she's not really a detective, but she falls into these situations of trying to figure out who murdered her professor, her advisor, uh, what's going on with the drug rings on campus and the fraternity rape conspiracies on campus. And uh, she she just trips into these situations, but she does it with a lot of grit and determination that come from her background growing up. I can tell working class, you know, in, in Montana. And she so she's out of her element, really. She she goes off yeah. to graduate school with all these fancy Ivy League educated, mostly men, boys. And so she's totally out of her league, but determined to get her PhD anyway. Uh, so she, she, um, going to do what it takes you know she's going to do what it takes because she's got I guess she's her strong suit is her determination and her grit um yeah and I think so far people seem to really like her I think absolutely relate relate to that and um yeah the reaction especially among my you know, my academic friends who've gone through the sort of women uh, professors or graduate students or students who've gone through some of the things that she's gone through can really relate to her. But I think she's funny, too. You know, she has kind of a smart mouth and is witty and the queen of the one-liner. So she she also doesn't take any grief from these guys. So she's she's kind of fun. She deals with... She deals with some some uh, sexism too while she's yeah on campus, you know, while she's in school, and you know, I think a lot of young women and women period can just relate to that. So, you know, 
some of the things that she deals with in the story, you know, it, it just seems, and this is what I was saying a little bit earlier, like a lot of um, the issues that you have in the book pertaining to the story really, re- it kind of makes people reflect on other, you know, issues that's out in society. And that's what really um, keeps us wanting to read more and more and more. So we thank you for that. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think that I think that any any I mean, men have really enjoyed reading it too. You know, the, the men that I've read and talked to talk, that I've talked to, and a lot of the the I guess the praise, the advanced praise, came from male mystery writers. But I think that I think that any young woman, any woman who reads this, is going to relate to some of the things that happened to Jessica from just cat calls to guys saying inappropriate stuff to her. I mean, it just happens to women every day, you know, it's just it's part of, it's like the air we breathe and it's kind of taken for granted. So hopefully, you know, even though it's fun and entertaining and funny, it, it will, it will kind of provoke a reflection on, you know, this, this, these things really, they happen all the time, but it's really not cool. They are, they are degrading and, they are sexist, as you said, so something to think about. Absolutely. Are you um, planning on um, any book findings in the near future? Am I planning on – sorry, I didn't – my phone connection's not that great. Book findings. Um, oh, know, book signing. The country in your area. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, the the PR folks are trying to set up some different book signings. I'm right now out in Sandpoint, Idaho, which is a t- tiny town where my family lives, and I actually have a book signing here at a local bookstore to kind of kick off the novel back on my home turf, which is kind of fun. Um, but, yeah, we're they're setting up, I think, book signing in Nashville, which is where I usually live. Uh, talking about Austin, Texas, mystery bookstores in particular in New York and Seattle. So we'll see. I'm also going to be at some of the big mystery conventions uh, and on some panels there at Killer Nashville and Malice Domestic in Maryland. Killer Nashville is, well, obviously in Nashville. Uh, and the Boucheron, uh, big mystery thriller convention in new orleans so yeah i'll be doing some some traveling upcoming uh to promote the the novel so that'll be fun um i know that you have are you working on anything right now and i know i saw something about hunting girls is that something that you're working on or is it out or is that out that's out yeah that is uh, nonfiction out with Columbia University Press, and it's about the the strong girls in films like Twilight, The Hunger Games, Divergent. But it talks about it talks about the ways that they give us new new uh, kind of role models for strong, tough girls who can take care of themselves, but at the same time shows us girls getting beaten up all the time, and even some uh, sexual violence uh, fantasies in these that I I think are kind of problematic. 
And then I relate that both to some fairy tales like Sleeping Beauty, which is really a fairy tale that started out really explicitly being about rape. Uh, the prince comes yes. and rapes yes, the uh, sleeping princess, and she gets pregnant. She wakes up when she has a baby and so on. And, and about the the French, uh, I guess, 15th century versions really were about, you know, this sleeping woman getting raped, like a rape of an unconscious girl, basically. And that's what we're seeing in the media so much now, you know, that this just with the case of, you know, Brock Turner, the Stanford swimmer, the the Vanderbilt football players, I mean, just all over. It's like almost, you know, every other week you see that that, um, unconscious girls are being sexually assaulted and and raped, especially on college campuses. So that's what the a large part of the book talks about that, and also the the role of social media that they're being, oh yeah, you know, taking pictures of video. Like some of these girls, this is I guess what really got me interested, and I was thinking, wow, this is really weird. Some of these girls didn't know that they had been sexually assaulted or raped until they saw pictures on social media. And I'm I'm just like imagining yeah. what would it be like to see yourself, you know, to find out because, you know, you were unconscious, you were, you know, you because of drugs or alcohol or even they, you know, they sometimes drug the girls, like, you know, slip them a Mickey or <laughs> the date rape drug, yeah. uh, put them in their drinks. That happens a lot too. And, and especially at some some fraternities have gotten in real trouble because they spike whole punch bowls with this these drugs. So they basically are planning in advance to you know render these girls incapacitated. So anyway, I, I just I wrote that book in response to thinking about just it, isn't this weird? This is the way I start most of my books. Like, wow, that's weird. <laughs> you know, I wonder what's up with that. Yeah. So makes me think about trying to figure out. On the one hand, we've got these really strong girls that we're seeing in the movie theaters like Katniss Evergreen and Tris Pryor, and they're really popular and they're they're great, and I love those big popular blockbuster movies. But at the same time, we have just what they're calling epidemic of sexual assault and rape on campus where statistics like one out of every four girls on campus is going to be sexually assaulted that's a lot you know that's that means that someone yeah it means that if you're on a college campus lots of people you know are going to be sexually assaulted and lots of people you know are going to be rapists basically you know let's just put it bluntly these guys that are these frat boys and popular athletes you know and you're in a classroom of of 20 or 50 people you think about that, okay, one out of four of those women in that classroom are going to be sexually assaulted. How many of those guys you're sitting right next to might even be your friends or the ones doing the assaulting? So, yeah, yeah it's a real, it's a real problem. Horrible. It's yeah. Very, it's, you know, sometimes it's like, wow, I can't believe this is even happening, but these are the times that we're living in, but we always have to, we have to do our part and always set a light on it and not hide it. So we thank you yeah. for doing that. So Yeah, I guess Kelly, that's, what, yeah, that's what hunting girls is about, really. Yeah. I, I just want to thank you for spending part of your day with us and talking to us about Wook and 
Um, coyote. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Coyote. Yeah, coyote, coyote. I don't know. I, I say both, coyote, coyote. coyote. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Sahara. I'm really excited because now, right Absolutely. now, Wolf is number one on the Goodreads list for women's mysteries. So hopefully, it will that's stay awesome. there. Uh, so I think that that yes. that's exciting. Absolutely, and you are invited back anytime because when it when we you know, can have someone that shares their views and their work on fighting for women and their rights and shedding light on a lot of our issues. We 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 really appreciate that. So we definitely thank you. And good luck with your book signings thank you. and everything. Thanks so much. Thanks, Sahara. Absolutely. And you have a good rest of your Saturday. <laughs> Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, folks, that was Miss Kelly Oliver sharing her book, Wolf and Coyote for Coyote, however you pronounce it. And you can pick up Wolf right now, and as she says, it's number one on the Goodreads. And um, Coyote doesn't come out until August, so you have to wait a little bit for that. But I have my copy. <laughs> so we'd like to thank Miss Kelly Oliver, professor at Vanderbilt University, uh, who teaches philosophy. And, of course, we definitely need more of that these days. So without further ado, I just want to say thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is your girl, the literary diva of Blog Talk Radio. And uh, join us tomorrow. We have a rockin' show tomorrow. And uh, thanks again. Enjoy your Saturday, and God bless you guys.